Welcome to Dumb Love. I'm Sally Brooks. And I'm Jen O'Neill Smith. And this is a podcast about all the dumb things that people will do for love. Welcome to episode 72. It's a very spooky episode. Ooh. Because it's the last episode before Halloween comes out. Oh my Halloween goodness. comes Are out. Are you so excited? <laughs> <laughs> Halloween's dropping this Halloween. Be on the watch. Get your Halloween. <laughs> Are you so excited, Jen? I know Halloween is your favorite time of the year. You know, I'm really struggling with getting in the holiday mood. I This is my favorite time of year, but it doesn't feel like it is that. Maybe it's because it's really warm right now, or if yeah. it's because, you know, I'm we're in quarantine still. <laughs> but yeah. I just... I'm not feeling it. I'm forcing myself to do it. I've got my decorations out. I'm buying Halloween-themed food. <laughs> What's what kind of Halloween themed food are you buying? I actually just blueberries got and yes, Count Chocula for breakfast. Aldi right now has like Aldi. If you're listening and you want to pay us for the plug, <laughs> they have like Halloween shaped pasta noodles. And oh yeah, we got like, some of those. You know, fruit snacks for the kids and mm-hmm. shit like that. And yeah. then I make like mummy hot dogs for the kids. Vegan what? mummy hot dogs. Yeah, it's really easy. But oh, man, um, you're a really good mom. Jen. I'm trying, but I don't. It doesn't feel like I even watched all of Haunting of Blind Manor. Yeah, and I just, still nothing. Nothing. Oh man, I just need somebody to come over here and scare the shit out of me real quick. <laughs> <laughs> just kidding. Please don't do that. <laughs> Okay, now I'm scared. Okay, okay. <laughs> now I'm and scared. And Jen's address is. <laughs> <laughs> Don't worry. I know where you live, Jen. <laughs> oh, no. Um, oh, no. No, I think maybe the uh, upcoming election is scary enough. Yeah. <laughs> Possible? Yeah. So that's where I'm at. How are you feeling? You know, I'm not, I'm not a. I don't. I don't care about Halloween. <laughs> God, I. I know. I know. Sally, I know that you are the most warm, wonderful, kind, loving, amazing person on the planet. But you hate everything that's fun. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just I kidding. Don't. You don't like dogs. <laughs> you don't like animals. You don't like Halloween. <laughs> I'm just kidding. I'm kidding. I mean, you I like probably you feel. Like fun. I like fun. Man, remember last year when I was like, I'm going to start a fun club. And then yeah. I did. <laughs> that was fun. That was a fun idea. That was a fun thought, Jen. Um, yeah, I mean, I like, I, I'm I'm into Halloween because of Max. Yeah. Right. So like I bought from Aldi, Aldi, if you're listening, uh, <laughs> you know, one of those blow, I bought a blow up pumpkin and we have like 15 pumpkins and nice. you know, I got him a Halloween costume. And I don't know what we're going to do. I don't know if we're going to go trick-or-treating. I don't know what's happening. Do you guys know that Sally and I um, kind of met at an Aldi? We did. Yeah. (laughs) She had just moved to town. We met the night before at a show. 
And then we said something along the lines of, yeah, we should like hang out sometime or whatever. And then like kind of one of those throwaway things like you do when you meet someone. Yeah. And then the next day we ran into each other at an Aldi and that's when we knew. That's when we knew we were both buying off-brand snacks for our children. (laughs) (laughs) We were like, it's meant to be. And then we started a show together called Snack Time. Yeah, where we would throw all these snacks at the audience. Off-brand Aldi snacks. Yeah. A show that only lasted, what? Three, four times. Yeah, we it was we were tired. It was a short. It was a short lived. <laughs> but then uh, came dumb love. Yeah, you guys are welcome. Yeah, and thank you, Aldi's. Okay, well, should we get into quickies? Yeah, let's do it. You go first. Okay. Jen, guess what? What? I've got a Halloween themed quickie. It better not be my Halloween themed quickie. <laughs> I hope it's not. I was I'm thinking just about I'm that. Kidding. You go ahead. Okay. So mine is from today.com, an article by Rachel Abramson. Does this sound familiar? I don't know. Fox5DC.com. Familiar? I, I don't know. Uh, this couple, Sabrina and Evan Zimmerman. Does this nope. sound couple? Okay, good. They live in a town called, also called Decatur, but this is in Indiana. Oh, They're yeah. Like, I know that that Decatur, Indiana exists because there's a Decatur YMCA here, uh-huh. and there's a Decatur YMCA in Indiana. And it's very confusing <laughs> when you're trying to look up exercise schedules. <laughs> You're like, I can't wait to take this spin class. I didn't even know we had spin classes. <laughs> I know. <laughs> um, so they they live there. They live in that Decatur. They're probably taking your classes. My your spin y. classes. <laughs> they have three little boys. And, you know, they're just like a normal couple. But then when October rolls around, that is when things every year get a little weird. Because Evan, like you, Jen, is a huge Halloween fan. Hey, and Evan. So every Halloween since 2012, Evan has been prowling around their town in a full-on Michael Myers costume. Oh, my God. <laughs> he does it every <gasps> year so much that, like, everybody just knows it. And they just – nobody really pays attention. So, oh, my God. That's hilarious. According to Sabrina, he'll just, like, casually go on neighborhood walks, like, right <laughs> – he's, like, r- will ride a bike with a skeleton baby in the back, like, in the baby seat. And then he'll just, like, go and stand under, like, streetlights and just stare blankly into the abyss. Holy shit. I love this person. Yeah. So this so is in- a kid or this is a grown man? Oh, no. This is a grown man. This okay. is the father of okay, three okay. kids. He's in the U.S. Air Force. Like, he's, like, a grown person. Oh, my God. And so in 2019, Sabrina, like, he's been doing this for years. But Sabrina finally decided to start filming her husband. And so, of course, like, she takes this video and posted on Facebook and it goes viral. And this was in October of 2019. And so in the video, she is driving around the neighborhood and she sees Michael Myers just nonchalantly riding her bike with a baby skeleton in the back. And she rolls down her window on the video. You can just hear her go, what the hell are you doing? She goes, are we those people now? And Evan just ignores her. He's totally in character. And then she was like, go home or I'm going to have you committed. And it's just so great how like, she's like, are you fucking kidding me again? 
And then in another clip, you can see her son was about to be promoted to yellow belt and karate. And you just see behind <laughs> the window, Evan just creeping outside the studio, just staring inside. And I'm dying. <laughs> this is the best thing I've ever heard. And I, I cannot wait, wait to see these videos. Yes, they're so funny. So it, I mean, he like he'll Evan says, I'll just stand in random people's yards and look through the window until they notice me staring there. I carry a fake butcher knife. He says that Evan Evan says that elderly people are off limits, but kids are not. And so when the video, when it went viral, Sabrina started making tons of videos and you can find them all on their Facebook page, which is like facebook.com slash Michael Myers of Decatur. And then in the one video that made me laugh so hard, she's sitting in her car in the school parking lot and you can see like the pickup line uh-huh. and she goes and she just goes, I freaking knew it. She was like, I couldn't get into the carpool line because my number tag was missing. And then look at this idiot. And then she like zooms, <laughs> she zooms the phone in, you know, into the carpool line. I'm and looking you can it see, up right now, by the way. I just have yeah, to you can see, see Evan in like full on Michael Myers costume in the golf cart. And he's waiting in the line to pick up their son. And she's like, oh, my God, I'm so sorry, Mason. He's got to be dying. And then you just see her following them home. It's so, so funny. Oh, my God. They have 300 and almost 350,000 followers on this is just on Facebook yeah so like she I think you can find him on TikTok too but they're so another one she passes him in like an old or she passes him and he's in this blue old (laughs) beaten down station wagon and they both you know they kind of stop he doesn't ever say anything and she's just like where the hell did you even get this car (laughs) like I'm getting calls from neighbors And she said that usually, like, neighbors don't complain. They'll just, like, stop and take pictures. But that one recent night, he came home and woke her up at, like, 930 at night. And he was like, honey, I think I think I'm going to get the cops calling me. Like, someone, some woman had, like, pulled up her phone to call the cops when he walked by. But oh, my gosh. So far, nothing bad. Just all joy. So this is I, – I feel, I feel that Halloween tingle now. Yeah. What, I like I just – I love it. Yeah, and now I'm I'm feeling the Hall- Halloween spirit. Oh my god, I'm looking at there's a video of him on a football game dancing with a cheerleader. Yeah. <laughs> I love cuz like now now that it like since last year it's just the whole town is in on it. Like they're all I Oh my god, it. this is so funny. This hysterical is my new favorite thing. Yeah. Good quickie. <laughs> Yeah. Man. Okay. <laughs> so mine comes from an article from insider.com by Naina Bardwaj. It's funny because the, your story is about like a town who's just like, whatever, about this full on like serial killer right. <laughs> walking around <laughs> in a mask and then and they're all just like in on it. And this is about a town that completely freaked out when they saw this couple's Halloween decorations. Oh no. Um, so <laughs> Carmen and Travis. Travis Long, they live in Riverside, California, which is like a neighborhood right outside of LA. And they've lived in the neighborhood since 2001, but they just moved into their new home in 2017. Well, I guess that was not just, that was a few years, that was three years ago. But they, once it's like just, they started moving into their new home is when they started going like all out on Halloween decorations, like going full Roseanne Connor. 
And that's what I always want. Like I, you know, I watching Roseanne growing up, I was just like, that's what I want to be. I want to be that kind of a Halloween mom. I want to be Roseanne. I want it to be the Connors on Halloween. But so she said that it started out with just skeletons, but they've been slowly and slowly adding things to their Halloween decorations each year. So they added like a cannon and a bag. It's kind of, um, based off of the Pirates of the Caribbean Disneyland ride. Um, So they added (laughs) a cannon in the back and a ship. And then they did this pretend fire on the side of the house, which is just made out of like a satin cloth, an orange light, a red light, and a fan. Um, Apparently, Travis got the idea from the way that they were doing it on the Pirates of the Caribbean ride. So apparently, the fire looks so realistic. That neighbors keep calling the fire department because it looks like their house is legitimately on fire. So starting on when they started putting it on display this October 3rd, the Riverside Fire Department has received many calls from uh, concerned passersby and they rolled an engine out there before. So Carmen told ABC News initially they thought it was a real fire. They got out of the truck, walked around and then just gave my husband a high five and said, great job. <laughs> so at least they have a good sense of humor about yeah. it. So, um, But now the fire department now knows that, that it's a fake fire. But the, the family does still have – they have fire alarms in case there's a real fire. They have smoke alarms and stuff. And, that, and the fire department will call them after – they get a call, they'll call the family and just double check, like, are you guys cool? So just right. in case, like, an actual <laughs> fire does break out. So, um, but this is just so that they don't, like, do any unnecessary dispatches and, like, right. send all the trucks out or whatever. I but, love that they're just like, great, we love it, awesome. Yeah. Like, keep it up, not just like, can you take this down so we stop getting calls? Yeah, totally. And so apparently crowds of up to 300 people now are gathering outside of the house, Um <laughs> Between they come between Friday to I don't know why there's a set time, but it says from Friday to Sunday between seven and nine p.m. They all come out. All these people, I guess that's when they open it up for people yeah. to walk around <laughs> it. Uh, so the couple say that they're happy to help bring a little Halloween joy for everyone in a particularly challenging year. Oh, so, that's awesome! A little more Halloween love. Yeah. See, I love. I'm not. I'm not a total Grinch. Like I love people that go all out for things. Uh huh. I love it. Yeah, I do love it. I, I think know it's you awesome. do. I know you, know you I do. do I know you do. I just personally am too lazy to do those things. So, <laughs> well, you have some decorations, so you're you're there, right? I'm there. Yeah, I'm going you're there. I'm those people now. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm, those, I'm those Halloween people. I love that quickie. That's awesome. Okay, I, I want to see like a little video of it to see oh, yeah. if, if it really does look like fire or it if does. people have just never seen fire. <laughs> no, really, because it like it's on the inside of their house and through the oh, window, so it really okay. does look real. Yeah, but oh, that's awesome. Uh, yeah, that is awesome. And, <laughs> and you know, that's great that the neighbors care. It is great that the neighbors care. Yeah. Hey, Jen. Hey, Sally. I do not have a Halloween-themed crazy story. That's okay, because crazy stories are kind of scary in their own right. Yeah, and I think you know why, because we talked about this, and you sent me a list 
of Halloween. And I didn't themed. read I didn't read the list. I just yeah, saw I, a list and then I shot it over to you and then I was like, no, 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 don't read it. Don't read it. It's horrific. Because it was all like really horrible crimes against like children and stuff, which I don't know if you guys I don't know if we've said this out loud on the podcast, but Sally and I have a no kid rule. So that's yeah. why you'll never hear a story from us that has anything to do with crimes against children. Yes. Yeah. So, so we're we try we try very hard. I mean, not that it's hard. There's plenty of crimes that don't involve children that yeah. we don't have to talk about. So, but yeah, uh, Jen, it was like three minutes. She sent me the text and she was like, "No, no, no. I'm sorry. Please don't read that." <laughs> I was yeah. like, too late. It's already in my head. It's oh, already in there. It was awful. Uh, I'm sorry. Yeah, but this one is a good one, and it has to do with a trick. So I Ooh. thought that was like kinda. Also, it's like an olden times one. All the way back to the 1940s. So it's kind of snappy. Um, Okay. So I got my – I don't know. I'm going to – I don't know why I said that. Okay. (laughs) I got my information from a New Yorker article that was actually from 1953 by a writer named St. Clair McElway and from an article in the Milwaukee Sentinel from 1947 by Peter Levins and also from Wikipedia. So – Okay. On the morning of December 31st, 1946, two young women, 28-year-old Olga Rocco and 19-year-old Pearl Lusk, got on the same subway train at the 55th Street BMT station in Brooklyn. And these two had never met and never spoken to each other. And yet when the train reached Times Square, one of them would end up shooting the other. What? Dun, dun, dun. (gasps) Okay. So – Pearl Lusk had moved to New York City from a small town outside of Philly in the fall of uh, 1946. So she'd only been in the city for a couple months. She she moved right after she graduated from high school. And when she first moved, she had stayed with her mom and her stepfather in Brooklyn. But then she got a job as a sales girl at a department store. And so she moved into her own room on the Upper West Side. And she was like any 19-year-old in the city. She loved it. She loved living on her own. She got this like fancy new hairdo. She started wearing makeup. You know, she like decorated her room. She was really like, I am on my own. She made friends with all the girls that she worked with. And they would go out to eat together in a big group almost every night of the week after work. And Pearl was just known as this like happy girl. She had a quick laugh. She was just a popular, sunny person. And... She dated a bit, like mostly guys from the store, but in those days, you know, it wasn't proper to go out with a man that you hadn't been introduced to by someone you know. Mm-hmm. So even though she wasn't against, you know, dating, she was like dating a lot actually. But when this handsome guy tried to pick her up on the subway in Brooklyn on Thanksgiving Day, she refused to have a drink with him. She was like, yeah, I i don't know you. So she wouldn't even give him her name, although he told her that his name was Alan LaRue. She randomly ran into him again. This time it was on the day after Christmas when she was on her way back from her mother's house in Brooklyn. And this time when he asked her for a drink, she said yes. She had had a really hard week and she was like, I felt like I needed it. on mm-hmm. Because on Christmas Eve, she'd been fired from her job. Because the Christmas rush was over. And on that same day, her landlady was like, you're getting too many phone calls. Because, you know, there's like one phone in the house for all of these. I'm sure it was like a a rooming, you know. Yeah. Somebody was renting out rooms and there was one phone phone for the house. Right. So apparently – It's like a hostel, but – 
like a hostel. But a forever yeah. hostel. A for- <laughs> <laughs> it's a forever hostel. What a yeah. horrible, <laughs> that's a, a horrible place. Yeah. Um, so she was getting too many phone calls. And so the landlady was like, I'm no longer letting you use the phone unless it's a call for your mom. And so wow. for a 19 year old in 1946, this basically meant that her entire social life was cut off because she didn't have her friends at the store anymore and she couldn't take phone calls. So like, that was it. Um, so Pearl, that was like kind of the context when Alan asked Pearl for a drink, she agreed. And so they got off the train at Times Square and they went to a bar. She ordered her favorite, a whiskey and seven up. And she told him about losing her job and about the landlady. And he was sympathetic. And she said that she felt like at first he was interested in her like as a date. But then as they talked, she was like, I just feel like he has some kind of different interest in me. And so mm-hmm. after she told him about losing her job, he was like, you know what? I have a job for you if you want it because I'm a private detective. And she was like instantly fascinated. She loved detective novels, especially Perry Mason. She, at the time, they were like re- so popular and she would read every single one. And so she accepted the job. She felt like fate had made her say yes to this drink. That now- would be my absolute dream is if someone was like, do you want to be a private detective? Exactly. I know. Yes. So this is, yes. So she was like, she was so excited, you know, she and mm-hmm. she's just this like sunny, innocent girl. And she's like, of course this isn't weird, you know? <laughs> yeah. So she's excited to start a new job. And Alan told her that he was working for an insurance company that specialized in insuring jewelry. And so, and they also recovered jewelry when it was stolen from his, their clients. And so he said he had reason to suspect that a young woman named Olga, who was a private secretary to the owner of the Croydon Hat Company, had stolen some valuable jewelry from one of their clients and was carrying it pinned inside her clothes. And so the woman knew Alan by sight. So Alan was like, I can't risk being seen by her, but I want you to kind of follow her to help me prove that she had stolen these jewels. So he was like, meet me the next morning and I'm going to tell you how what I want you to do. So she met him the next morning and he was like, okay, go up to the offices of the hat company where Olga Rocco worked and just get a good look at her. Say like ask for somebody some random name and from the secretary, they won't know, you know, there's nobody there by that name, but you'll get a good look at Olga so that you can follow her later. Mm-hmm. And so Pearl did that. She was like, I came back and she was like, I not only memorized her face, but I got her street coat and her hat too. And he was like, great, you're doing great. So he was like, okay, I'm going to tell you how we're going to work this. Don't forget there's like a big reward in it for you if we get those jewels back. So you take the day off today, go do whatever you want, and then come back and follow Olga from work. So Pearl did that. She went to the movie she met up with some friends at the department store, and then she met Alan at his apartment. And there he showed her an object that he said was an x-ray camera. And it looked like a shoebox with a hole at one end. It was done up in brown wrapping paper, and it looked just like a parcel. And so it was there was a short piece of wire loop at the end of it that hung out of the bottom of the box. And he said, all you have to do is point this at her and pull the wire and the x-ray picture will show us if she has the jewels. And he said, but don't Wait. snap the picture. Yeah. Hold on. Say that one more time. So he told her it was an x-ray camera. Okay. So it's a camera. Yeah. So and he says, you point this at her 
and you pull the wire and then the x-ray picture will show if she has the jewels. So that's what he's telling her Whoa. to go do. Oh my God. So he was like, make sure you like you take it when she gets off the train in Brooklyn. You'd be right behind her when you follow her off the train. So take it at close range. You only want to be two to three feet away from her when you snap the picture. And after you take it, meet me where we had drinks last night and I'll take the camera and get the picture developed. So Pearl was like, awesome. I am super excited. She went back to Olga's building and saw Olga as she left work. She followed her to the Times Square subway station and sat near her on the train until they reached the 55th Street station at Brooklyn. She followed close behind her as she got out. She pointed the box at her and she pulled the wire. Then she was like, I hope I got a good picture. So she caught the train back to Times Square and met Alan. And he was like, okay, how did you do it? How close were you? Did Olga notice? And Pearl was like, nope, I was no more than two or three feet away. And she didn't notice anything. Her back was turned. She was hurrying out of the station. And Alan was like, great, let me get the picture developed tonight. And um, and then I'll tell you how it turned out. So mm-hmm. Pearl and Alan met the next morning. And he was like, ah, the picture did not turn out well. But so we're going to have to do a better one. We're going to have to try again. So he arranged to meet Pearl with the new camera on the morning of December 31st. And the new camera was bigger. It was a little heavier than the other one, but it had the same sort of looped wire. It was actually wrapped. This one was wrapped like a Christmas gift. It had like Merry Christmas in red and Happy New Year in green, like printed all over the wrapping paper. And Alan said, this time I want you to ride over to Olga's station in Brooklyn and start where she gets on the train to go to work and then take the picture at Times Square. And he said, remember, aim it low at her waist. That's probably where she's carrying the jewels pinned inside her dress at her waist. So Pearl followed Alan's instructions. And when they got to Times Square, she followed Olga, once again pointing the camera at her and pulled the wire. This time, though, there was a roaring explosion. (gasps) And the package jumped, and Olga screamed and fell on her back, holding her left leg, which had been shattered by the explosion. Oh, my God. And a subway guard rushed up asking, what happened? What happened? And Pearl, who had been so close to Olga that she was now splattered with blood, said, <gasps> I just I just took a woman's picture, and someone shot her. She, like, had no idea oh that she had done God. it. Oh, my God. So a man in the crowd put a tourniquet on Olga's leg And a policeman appeared and grabbed Pearl, ripped open the parcel, and saw that inside was a sawed-off shotgun. (gasps) Oh, my God. So he – like, I mean, obviously it was a gun, but – Yeah. Like, I can't picture how you make a camera look like a gun. Well, I think it was – maybe didn't actually look like a camera. I I meant a gun (laughs) looked like a camera. Or you think it was just like a picture that – oh, I see. Because it was I think it was just a a a package. Yeah. And so he was like, it's supposed to be disguised because we don't want her to know we're taking the picture. Whoa. And also she was just very gullible. Holy shit. So Pearl, you know, when she sees that what was inside the package, she starts crying and she, a patrolman is holding her arm and she leans over to Olga and she goes, I'm awfully sorry I shot you. There was, this was a new job you see. And I thought I was taking your picture with an x-ray camera. Oh my and God. Olga just kind of like stares off and she says, well, he got me this time. Now <gasps> if he wants me, he can take me. I'm crippled. I wonder what happened to the police. He must have been too smart for them. 
Oh, my so, God. Yeah. So the he that Olga was talking about was her estranged husband, Alphonse Rocco. The two had been married for only a year when they separated. They had met in 1944, and after a whirlwind courtship, they had gotten married. But it turned out that Al Rocco was not a nice person. He would disappear for sometimes for weeks, and then he would return with either with lots of spending money or totally broke. Sometimes he would have a new car. He never talked about his background and was very vague about how he made his living. And it turns out that he was like kind of a low-level mobster, and he made his living stealing cars in Manhattan, and then he would sell them in the Bronx. And he started getting super paranoid about Olga. He thought she was cheating on him. And he, she was just like, what are you talking about? They lived with her parents. And she was like, when would I? Why? Why would I? Like, he turned violent. And so after only a year, she left him. And it was then that he had begun telling her that he would kill her if she didn't come back to him. So in October of that year, Alphonse had kidnapped Olga and taken her upstate where he kept her against her will for five days to like Poughkeepsie, to like some shooting, some cabin in the woods. And then on November 1st, as she was helping her mother set up a dinner table, she felt this sharp sting in her right leg (gasps) and she bent down to touch it and it was bleeding. And it turns out she had been shot through the thigh, like through through a window, through (gasps) the thigh. And, And she was in the hospital for 10 days and she went to police about both of these things, but they didn't arrest Alphonse. And when she returned to work on December 1st, she saw her husband lurking outside of the subway station and she once again called police. And she said, when I got to work, I called the police at the 66 precinct station in Brooklyn and I told them I'd seen him and I was very frightened. And I spoke to one of the detectives there at the precinct and he told me not to worry. And basically they just treated her like she was hysterical. He had like, he had called her that morning and said he was watching her. He knew everything. He knew when she went to work and that he did not aim right the first time, but that he would aim again. And this time he would kill her. Oh my God. So he started calling her work every day, started following her. She would call the police. The police did nothing. And actually the very day before the the shooting with Pearl, Olga mm-hmm. had gone to the police again And they had told her, we'll protect you and we'll send someone there to escort you to work. But then that morning when she went to work, there was no one there. And so that's why she said, where were the police? Because she thought they were supposed to be there watching her. Oh, my gosh. After the shooting, Olga was rushed to the hospital and Pearl was taken to the West 30th Street Station House where she told her story And she was shown a photograph of Olga and Al Rocco that had been snapped at the nightclub um, before their marriage. And Pearl said, that's the man who had hired her. She said he even has the same clothes on. So six days after the shooting in the subway, police tracked Al to the Catskills where he had stolen a car and he had forced a number of farmers at the point of a gun to give him food. Sorry, a gunpoint to give him food. And 50 police and two New York detectives found his car parked on the side of a mountain road and then found Rocco in a sleeping bag under a spruce tree. It was at night and there was 10 inches of snow. And so they surrounded him and called out for him to surrender. And one of them fired a warning shot in the air. And then Rocco fired four times in the direction of the shot. And then he was killed. 
when the police opened up fire. Oh, wow. And actually, one of the things taken from his pockets was a print of the photograph of Olga and himself at the nightclub. So Olga survived the shooting, but her leg was amputated. And when she heard the news of Alphonse, she says, now I can sleep again. And actually, Olga and Pearl became friends. Wow. And they saw each other. And then Olga had tried to sue the police department because basically she was like, I, you failed to protect me. And now right. my leg is, you know, I have no leg. Um, and she actually ended up losing that because they were like, even if we were following your husband, this was a random person. We couldn't have known. There's nothing we could have done about the shooting of this woman. I mean, they couldn't have noticed that he was spending a lot of time with this girl, and now this girl was following Olga. Yeah. I'm like, if you had stopped him at any one of the other times he did something horrible to her. Yeah. But yeah, but so she ended up losing um, losing that lawsuit. But mm. um, but anyway, isn't that a nut story? Yes. Oh, my yeah. God. That's crazy. Yeah, so and the pictures are so 1940s. I mean, and Olga is gorgeous, and Pearl really does just look like this happy, innocent little blonde girl. And oh yeah, just had no, you know, she's probably like, golly gee, sir, I'm so excited for this opportunity. You know, I don't know why I gave her a southern accent. She's <laughs> from Philly. <laughs> Can you do a Philly accent? No, <laughs> do it. I can't actually. That's a hard one, a Philly accent. Yeah. Um, Ben kind of has a little bit because he's from right outside of Philly. Oh, okay. So my only impression of him is that he says like, Tony. Tony, Tony, Tony. Um, man, that is a really good story, though. Holy shit, that's crazy. I could just picture all, yeah, I could just picture everyone. I can't wait to see actual pictures of them. But yeah, the yeah. poor little girl, she was so excited about being a private investigator. I would have probably done the same thing. But maybe I would have looked inside the box. Right? I probably would have looked in the box. You probably would have looked in the box. Oh, yeah. Probably been like an x ray camera, huh? <laughs> what? Is that a real thing? <laughs> I pull a string that's kind of like a trigger. <laughs> what? Why don't I just wear an invisible cloak instead? <laughs> oh man, good one, dude. Good Thanks, one. Man. So I am doing the love story this week. Love it. Or should I say, I'm doing the love stories. Ooh, multiple love stories? Listen, okay. Let so me it's ask you. Hall- well, yeah. I was going to ask if they're Halloween themed. Yes. Okay, so it's this is my last opportunity to get these all in before Halloween. And I actually came across two different stories that I wanted to be able to tell, but they were not quite long enough for long stories, little too long for quickies. So I just thought it's, it's a holiday, so I will give you – Two of them. Yeah. Treat ourselves. Yeah. Let's treat our listeners. You get two for the price of one this week. I am a trick and I'm going to give you some treats. (laughs) (laughs) Do you really want to say you're a trick? No, I'm not. I don't even know what a trick is. I'm too old. What is a trick? I mean, isn't it like somebody like turns tricks? Like that's like a like a sex worker. Yeah, I'm obviously not that. 
<laughs> it was a cool thing to say, but I cannot back it up. I cannot back it up. Okay, I gave the trick in my story, and now you've got the treats with your story. That was probably a better way to <laughs> say it. Nope, you're the trick, Jen. You're a trick. <laughs> All right. Um, the first love story actually comes from a blog for Kingdom Insider, which do you know what that is? Nope. It's like a Walt Disney. Jen. <laughs> yeah. I, I told you I was a trick. Starts at Disney. I mean, that's what we've do. learned. The Kingdom Insider, which is like about Disney parks, but this is about Universal Studios. Are they somehow merged? I have no. I, I thought that they were competitors, but maybe, maybe I not. I don't know. <laughs> this is a love story about how two. It's a modern day love story, I should say, of how two horror fans connected through their love of haunted houses. And then okay. and fell in love. Do you think um, it's a haunted house like you used to work at? Um, Sally, I don't know that I've ever told anybody on this podcast that before. Did I? Have I talked yeah. about that? I used to work at a haunted house. Okay, you did. You said yeah. it was your worst job ever. That's right. That's right. <laughs> Cats out of the bag. Um, so <laughs> it. Okay. Do you like haunted houses? By the way. No. 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 I, I don't like scary movies. I don't like haunted houses. I don't like that feeling of being, being scared. scared. Okay. Yeah. I only like that feeling. Like haunted houses, I actually, they scare the shit out of me. And I don't like it, but I like when I go with a big group and we like scream and laugh. Like, yeah. If I do like that. that. It's so fun to me. Yes. Yeah. But if I haven't I, been to a haunted house in years and years, so I can't really say, but. But like I did if, like going with a bunch of people. Yeah. If you go with other people and you're in a big group huddled together and you're just laughing and screaming, that is so fun. But you could not pay me to walk through a haunted house by myself and just people trying to scare me. I need like a circle of people that I can bury my face into and scream and laugh. But anyway. Yeah. But Bernard and Alicia Brown both absolutely love all things horror and all things scary. And so he, Bernard was super excited in the fall of 2017 when he had plans to go to Halloween Horror Nights, which is at Universal Studios in Orlando, Florida. I actually was, I went to Universal during Halloween Horror Nights, during the day with the kids. Yeah. And uh, Uncle Baby Bobby was there with us. Uncle Baby um, Bobby! And he went back for like the haunted houses at night and he had a fucking blast. And I wish I could have gone too, but I had these dying kids I had to watch. Man, they're always and, getting in the way of fun. <laughs> I know. But it, it looked like it was going to be really fun. Basically, Halloween Horror Nights is like the whole, the whole park at night turned into like one giant haunted party and then there's like 10 different really crazy haunted houses yeah and i think the lines for them are insane but you can pay like a certain amount of money to be able to cut the lines which i'm pretty sure bobby did because he's right. a baller he's a baller he'll spend 80 dollars on a leather horn he sure will <laughs> <laughs> so bernard was super excited about going to halloween horror nights but Unfortunately, that was the time during Hurricane Irma, 
And he was concerned about the weather. Like, is it safe to come? Am I even going to be able to go? Or is this crazy for me to drive? He lived in South Carolina, in Charleston, South Carolina. And he was like, is it crazy for me to drive down there? Because there was like flooded roads and stuff. So he went on a Halloween Horror Nights fan Facebook group to ask people they should come or not and apparently people were being as people do on facebook they were being like snarky and not giving him like real answers right you know because people are assholes but alicia she's a resident of orlando and she's a fellow halloween enthusiast Mm -hmm. um she was actually very nice to him and was like come on down you're gonna be fine it's gonna be okay and so then um so as they started talking he friend requested her and then the days leading up to his trip he was they were messaging back and forth and bernard let her know that it was actually his birthday and that he was um for and he was gonna be in halloween horror nights for his birthday and he was so excited so she of course was like oh well then i gotta buy you a drink if you're gonna be here for your birthday so they were messaging each other And then when they first met, they met up outside of the Universal Studios Classic Monsters Cafe. Mm -hmm. And then they went to their first haunted house together, which was called Dead Waters. I don't know what movie that's based off of, but it sounds scary. Um, (laughs) So they ended up doing a haunted house together. And then they just ended up spending the entire day and evening together going to different um, haunted houses. So like, what a weird, uh, I mean, great. I mean, I think yeah. that's so fun, but um, what an interesting first, first way date. to meet someone. And, yeah, and like first, yeah, first yeah. laying eyes on someone. Yeah. yeah. And so Bernard said that at the time I wasn't looking for anything. I just thought she was being nice to me and it would be nice to, you know, just meet up with her and go through a few houses. Um, and then Alicia said, a few houses turned into all of them. And the next day we met up and we spent the whole day together. We were holding hands at the end of the second day. I have never had that before. Oh, Isn't that so cute? They just completely hit it off over their love of horror movies. And they ended up getting um, married and they still bond over their love of watching scary movies and doing all things horror related. Um, Bernard said that growing up, this is so crazy to me. He said that his love of horror came from his, he said, my aunt used to terrorize me with horror movies. My mom used to work on the weekends and work overnight. So I would stay at my aunt's. She would always tell me, if you watch this scary movie with me, you can't close your eyes or anything. And if you go upstairs, (laughs) you can't turn on the light. And he said, I was always scared out of my mind. We <laughs> fucked up ants. <laughs> that is so crazy. And if I were Bernard's mom, I would be so pissed. Like, you think your sister's <laughs> taking care of your child and really she's just scaring the fuck out of him. Right? Like, just like, don't close your eyes. I know. <laughs> so you would wonder why he would love horror if he was, like, terrorized by it as a child. Um, that's so, like... To me, like the scariest thing to me is Freddy Krueger because, well, first of all, he's like the one like horror movie villain that like you can't run away from. Yeah. Like he's going to, he's going to get you. And then, um, but then also I think it's because my sister used to terrorize me with Freddy Krueger growing up. She would like put me in a closet and shut the lights off and be like, Freddy Krueger's in there. Oh my God. Or like she's gone as far as like, I remember her and her friend Kim put, and this is so stupid and we knew that it wasn't real, but something about like the hype and the drama of it, her and her friend Kim like painted pencils silver 
and then tape them to their fingers and then chase, <laughs> literally chase me and Aaron, who is my good friend and Kim's younger sister. They chased me and Aaron down the street. So down the street in broad daylight, me and Aaron With were the- screaming, crying, and Kim and Eileen had these pencils. pencils. <laughs> <laughs> but we, were, we totally thought we were gonna die but we yeah. knew it was them with pencils so anyway <laughs> so i'm terrified of freddy krueger but but i still do i will watch it but so yeah. like so he said that his um his love of horror movies came from the fact that he faced his fears and he's a logical guy and so he knew that in order for me to get over this fear of horror i need to just watch them and and know that this is fake and learn to love it and that's how he got and that's how he got over his fear and that's how he started loving scary movies and alicia says she always loved scary movies as a young child she used to watch them by herself and beg her horror movie hating mom to buy her scary magazines um but her (laughs) mom would magazines yeah i remember they used to have those i can't remember what they were called um god it's on the tip of my brain but they were like fangoria or something is that right they used to have these like horror magazines and they would be like right next to the nudie magazines at (laughs) (laughs) 7-eleven you know they still are very much in love they have they've been married ever since and while she's been going to the halloween horror night's houses since 2004 bernard's first one was in 2016 when they met They've been going every year ever since. I don't know if they're going to go this year. They're just because of quarantine. Even though they are open, I don't know. Alicia said, I'll call him from work and say, look what just came out. It takes a special type of person to really enjoy and get into it. It's hard to find. And when you find that person, you get along so well. Not just horror. You ha- you've got to have other connections. Okay. And Bernard said, you could say horror brought us together, but all of the other things kept us together. And that's how... They fell in love. That's really sweet. Yeah. And it's, I would say, I mean, I'm sure they have bonded over horror, but also I think it's because they were both genuine people. Like she answered him genuinely and then she kept in touch and they both were open and willing to like, willing to be open to new people. And I think that's lovely. Yeah, it is lovely. They seem like a very happy, lovely couple. Mm Mm-hmm. Here comes story number two. So um, speaking, I was just talking about my brother, Bobby. He sent me this story, and then I was like, oh, I have to do this. And that's why I'm doing two two love stories because this yeah. story is so fun. This is just a bonus. So this came from an article for Today.com written by Megan Hollihan, and then an article for CBS News written by Steve Hartman. But this is the love story between a two-year-old boy and a plastic skeleton named Benny. <laughs> so cute. Um, so I know this sounds like a weird pair, but um, wait till you hear the story. But the two, um, the little two-year-old boy, his name is Theo Brady, met his new best friend, Benny the Skeleton, on September 15th of this year. Um, they live in Salt Lake City, and Abigail Brady, his mother, was going down to the basement to put 
their dog in um in his kennel, which was mm-hmm. in the basement, before her and Theo were going to go to this beach at a local reservoir to play. When she went to go down there, unfortunately the base she saw that the basement had flooded. So Ooh. she had to stop to clean up the basement. Yeah. And so she ran upstairs for a second and then all of a sudden she heard Theo's little voice go, Mom, mom, help, help, help. And she looked downstairs and she saw Theo trying to pull and lug this skeleton decoration, this Halloween decoration (laughs) up the stairs. And Abigail said that she was like, oh my gosh, that's so funny. Um, So she brought it upstairs, but she was just thinking to herself, oh, I guess I'll just start decorating for Halloween early, you know? Right. But apparently... Theo instantly felt a connection to the skeleton and he begged his mom to let him bring the skeleton to the reservoir with them on a play date. (laughs) Oh, I love it. I know. She said that he just refused to get in the car without the skeleton. He just flat out refused. So she was like, I'll bring it in the car. It's not that big. It's not that big of a deal. Right. So she brings the skeleton in the car and puts him in the seat next to his car seat and like straps it in. (laughs) Um, And so she said that she thought that her son might've been like, you know, she was wondering why he was so attached to the skeleton. And she thought maybe because of quarantine, she said, I think he got kind of lonely and he found the skeleton and was like, oh, this could be my friend. Yeah. Oh, That's so, sad. <laughs> so, so she said, like, I just swallowed all my pride and was like, you know, if this makes my son happy, I'm going to do it. Oh so she- and there's so many things that you've done for your kids like that. Oh, yeah. I, remember- I mean, I, yeah, I, there's so many things. <laughs> Sorry, yeah. I, oh, no, no, no. It's going to say, I remember strapping into a car. Louise used to have this blanket and it was a blanket with stuffed animal on the top and then it's a blanket on the bottom sort of thing. Oh, yeah. I don't know what those are called, but I know um, Max had them too. Yeah. But it was a frog and she called it Shoggy and she used to make me put a seatbelt on it. Yeah. <laughs> and I would have to put a blanket, a seatbelt on a blanket. And I yeah. just did it because it was just to make her stop screaming. Right. You're like, are you going to get in the car? Then yes. Yeah. Max got like at around that same, around two, Max got very attached. Like he would always want to carry things in his hands. And for a little while, he got very attached to having tampons oh in his hands. <laughs> and so I would let him leave the house. Like we would, you know, we lived in New York. And so we were walking the streets and he would always have two tampons in his pocket. Oh, my God. And That's I remember. So yeah, I'll sh- I'll post a picture of it. But I remember he um, – one time, we're, so we used to go to this little bakery that was right up the street from us, this little Italian bakery, and we'd go there almost every day. And they always – they loved Max and they – I mean, they loved all the kids. They would give them like a free cookie, you know, and I would get like an iced coffee or something. And they would – and he pulls one of the tampons out and he was just like, Mom, Mom, this is for your Gina. And I was just like, <laughs> oh, my God. Oh, my God. <laughs> Max. I know. Oh, my God. That is so – so funny. Yeah. Okay, real quick, I just have to never ever all my friends are like, you have to tell this story on stage. And I've never told this story on stage because I just don't know how to work it in. But I will tell you guys. It's we were at Polar Express. We were going to ride the Polar Express, which is like this big to-do up in North North Georgia. You ride yeah. a train, and it's like expensive, whatever. My whole family was doing <laughs> it, like all of my relatives. And so we went, I took Louise to the bathroom for one last bathroom before we got on the train. So as you can imagine, 
it was packed. Every yeah. mother was taking their ch- daughter to or child to the bathroom at that time. It was super packed. And then so Louise was in the – she went to the bathroom and then I went to go to the bathroom and she was in the stall with me. And then all of a sudden Louise screams at the top of her lungs. She goes, oh, my God, you have fur on your privates. <laughs> and, and the whole place just started dying laughing because it was all mothers, you know, yeah. that like all knew, knew that – uh, feeling and uh, and just and found the humor in it, but it was the funniest fucking thing ever. And I was just like, <laughs> yeah, oh man, yeah. I remember we were at Whole Foods in the bathroom, and Max was just like, "Mom, mom, are you pooping or peeing? Are you pooping or peeing?" <laughs> <laughs> and I was just like, "Shut up!" <laughs> and he always, oh, he always wanted to like open Embarrass the door. You. Yeah, in the yeah. middle of oh. Man. Oh, man. Kids. 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 Back to little Theo and his skeleton. <laughs> so they went to this reservoir, and he refused to get out of the car without the skeleton. Uh, Abigail's mother said, I was like, this is going to be fun. We'll just bring the skeleton with us, and it'll be a party. And so she brought the skeleton out, and they had so much fun at the beach together. And then Theo insisted that the skeleton go everywhere he goes ever since so on (laughs) abigail's instagram and on tiktok which is at at abigail k brady you can see pictures of theo and benny and he named him benny after a a character from halloween town which is like a skeleton you can there's all these pictures and videos of him throwing benny down a slide yeah (laughs) and like riding you know the grocery store carts like have benny's on one side and he's on the other um and so and he likes to feed benny and she said it's funny to see him put food in benny's mouth because it just drops through the ribs and theo (laughs) thinks that's so funny but apparently like right now he's not insisting that the skeleton goes everywhere with him anymore but he is insisting that benny sit with him everywhere in their house so he sits in his bedroom with him at night and he reads books to the skeleton yeah um and it she said that it it's on his like rocking chair and so to her and her um, husband they think that it's like super creepy but theo just loves it so much and all of the people that saw the skeleton in the around town and people that are watching this on tiktok and instagram are just loving it and it's bringing so much joy to a lot of people and um abigail said my biggest thing is just helping to make people smile a lot of people just love it and she said that he just sees the skeleton as someone that needs love So, which is so sweet. And she said, yeah, I think it's fine for now unless he starts walking around with a casket. (laughs) (laughs) And she said, yeah, then that's like, oh my gosh, too far. So... (laughs) For now, she's totally fine with her son continuing to just drag around this skeleton and to be his best friend. And she said that she's going to try to put the skeleton away after Halloween, but that's to be determined by little Theo. Right. So so that's just a little bonus little love story between Theo and his best friend, Benny. That's really cute. I can't wait to look that up. It's real cute. (laughs) Very cute. All right, Jen, you ready for something dumb and something we love? Yes. Okay. I'm gonna go first. So um so I was I was texting you as this was happening, but I 
I got a COVID test this week. Yeah. Um, just because my in-laws are in town, which is the thing that I love that they we haven't seen them since actually the beginning of quarantine. We were with them when everything shut down. And then so we haven't seen them since then. They live in Delaware and it's been really hard, you know. We haven't seen them for seven months. We usually see them a lot more. But so we all got COVID tests and they drove down. They have a camper. And so it's really great to see them. But so everybody was negative. But I got tested and the woman who took my pulse, she said, okay, it's 66. And I was like, what? That's really low, <laughs> That's, right? Yeah. Right. It's super low. Like you're – if it's under 80, they're worried. And But she said it to the the guy who was taking the test. So I didn't – I was just kind of like – I. I think I heard that. And then I got really nervous and I was texting you like, I'm really nervous now. And so I like rushed out and got like, I was like, what if my, what if it is really low? And that's like one of the things your oxygenation or sorry, not your pulse, your oxygenation. That's the thing that they tell you. Like if it's low, that's like, can be an early sign that things are really bad with COVID. And I was like, had just gotten this test. And so I just freaked out. I went and got my own pulse ox, which is super expensive and then took my thing and it was 99. Mm-hmm. And I realized that the woman had just flipped it over. Oh, my God. <laughs> she had read it upside down. <laughs> um, but now we have one of those. So if you ever want to check to see what your oxygenation level is. Holy shit. Uh, so that's a dumb thing. But the thing I love is that my in-laws are here and uh, and they're wonderful. So That's nice. Yeah. That's lovely. What about you? So for something dumb, if you remember like a couple of episodes ago, I talked about, I was waiting here back about that one dog, that yeah. uh, puppy. Well, I did mm-hmm. not get that puppy. And then I did oh, not get so the puppy dumb. after that. And I didn't get the puppy after that. And I didn't get the puppy after that. <laughs> and then I was like, but then what, what the fuck? Like people just let me have babies. Two of them. <laughs> I can just have human beings. And... <laughs> Put them in the basement if I feel like it. But Jen, you'd have to have a basement. <laughs> I do have a basement. You do have a basement? Yeah, but it's like – it's not like a – it's it's like where the laundry is and my extra refrigerator. It's not like a – I had no idea. Out. Yeah. There's lots of things you, is you don't know Is it from the outside? <laughs> Did you know that I also have a basement? What? <laughs> uh, and I was just like, why – like, I I don't understand why I'm not getting any of these puppies. I have, like, a very nice, like, large yard that's fenced in. I have – we both work from home. We'll be – and, like, we're homeschooling right now. Like, the puppy will never be alone. I have another dog. Like, I don't understand why I won't just right. get a puppy. And then um, somebody <laughs> finally wrote back to me and they told me that the reason that she was like, yes, we have your application because this is like the fifth dog that I had applied for with these people. Right. And they were like, yes, we have your application, but you keep applying for puppies and you have a senior dog. And I was like, what the fuck did you just say to me? Senior <laughs> dog? And I was like, my dog hiked five miles yesterday. What did you do, <laughs> Tina? And so they're like, oh, so your dog is active? I was like, yes, it's very active. And they're like, okay, we'll make a note of that. <laughs> Good. Do that, Tina. And, um, <laughs> you do make a note of that. That's not her real name. I'm protecting her identity because it turns out she's actually very lovely. Because then later that night – and I was so mad all day long because I was like, I can't believe all those, these dogs. Like, Because like, I would see a dog and become so in love with it, like just the picture – and like in my head, mm-hmm. think like, this is it. This is the one. This is the one. 
And then I was like, and I can't believe I didn't get this one because of like, there was one dog in particular that I was like, really like, that's it. That's the one. And then when she told me that, that I didn't get that one because my dog was a senior and mm-hmm. and cattle dogs, he's 12, but cattle dogs can sometimes live to like 20. And they have a yeah. lot of energy. And so anyway, yeah. yeah. And I'll decide Tina? what who how old my dog is. And right. so <laughs> what if they were like, yeah, well, you guys are over 40, so yeah. you're seniors. <laughs> and so I was so mad all day. And I was literally venting to my husband. Like I was sitting there going, like, I just can't believe that like I didn't get this uh, the dog's name was Harley. And I'm like, I can't believe I didn't get Harley. If they would have just asked me, I would have told them, and I can't believe I didn't get that dog. And did it, and then they ended up. I get a right mid bitch session. I get a um, email that's like, "Congratulations, you've been approved for a mini. We think you're going to make wonderful parents or whatever." And I was like, <laughs> "Okay." And so then I take it all back. And then um, so then when um. I went, we went on Saturday to go meet her and um, this little dog, her name was Minnie and we changed it since. But when I saw her next to the dog that I was so sad that I didn't get, I immediately was like, no, this one, because the other one was crazy. (laughs) Right. (laughs) She was like running around like a maniac. And then Ruth, so we changed the dog's name to, uh, uh, Ruth Puppy Ginsburg. Uh, and it. so we call her Ruth or Ruthie. But Ruth was just chilling and she was the, or your honor. the cutest. <laughs> yes, Your Honor. She was just relaxed and smushy and cute and fluffy and just she is just a little love bug. And she doesn't shed. Like she, what a, oh. what her mix is is like it, it yeah. doesn't shed. And I was like, bonus. And so we brought her home and I just fell in love with her instantly. And um, so maybe Tina knew. Tina did know. And I'm forever Tina grateful knew. to Tina. Um, she, she has a different name, but I'm going to. Mm-hmm. But I uh, I love this dog. So I can't believe it's only been a week since I've had her. But I'm so head over heels in love with her. She is the sweetest, cutest thing She's in the so whole cute. World. You got to. I'm going to post pictures. You got to post all that. Yeah. Post all that. It's just going to be. There's going to be no other show pictures this week on Instagram. It's just going to be. It's just pictures of Ruth. <laughs> Just Ruth, which I'm fine with. But yeah, it's just like if I was saying it, it's like buying a house. It's like you you fall in love with all these things and you picture your life with it, and then when it yeah. doesn't happen, it you just get so devastated. And right when you feel like it's never going to work out for you, then you get the one that you're supposed to get, and you're so grateful you didn't get the other ones. Yeah. You know? So yeah. I'm like so grateful that everything worked out the way that it did, even though I was so sad, but I just needed I need to learn a little patience. That's right. Trust. The universe has something in store for you, Jen. That's true. You just gotta trust. Trust the universe. Trust Tina. Yeah. Trust. And what's funny <laughs> is I joked with uh Dustin, Dustin Harder, Vegan Roadie, who mm-hmm. um Listens to the podcast. He also, I know I mentioned it before, but his podcast, Keep On Cooking, it's so good. Check it out. I was joking with him that I was going to name the dog Tina Turner. Uh (laughs) And um, it took him a long time to accept that I didn't name her Tina Turner. I was very excited. (laughs) He's like, well, she's Tina Turner. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. (laughs) Um, He literally just texted me about the dog, like as we're recording. Um, But uh, yeah, so that's that. 
I love that. I'm so happy you guys got a puppy and she's so cute. And that is a puppy I'd like to meet in person. Yeah. Because she doesn't shed. Yeah. And she's pretty chill. She's well, yeah. She seems great. <laughs> awesome. <laughs> um, dude, well, there we have it. This very, very spooky Halloween edition of uh, Dumb Love. Yeah. How do you guys feel? Do you feel spooked? Do you feel that Jen's a trick? <laughs> or is she a treat? You decide. Um, you decide. Let us know. You can contact us at Dumb Love Podcast on Instagram, Facebook, or Twitter, but you know, mostly just Instagram. And you can email us your stories or just, you know, thoughts, hellos, whatever, at dumblovepod at gmail.com. Or you can find us on Patreon if you want to support the show. That's a great way to do it. So you can join at any level and you get fun extra content from us. Yeah. Thank you guys so much for listening. I hope you guys have a wonderful Halloween and get out there uh, safely and do something dumb for love. Dum-da-dum, dum-dum-da-dum, dum-da-dum-da-dum, dum-da-dum.